Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are supported by our friends at Proper Design Works, a custom clothing and embroidery manufacturer here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Proper Design Works has got you covered on all facets of promotional item wear. If you need big orders of T-shirts, hoodies, sweaters, like 50 T-shirts or 100 patches or a bunch of hats for a new promotional thing you're doing at work or you're a sports team looking to look better on, on the field or you're a hobby club and you want to look threatening when you show up to your event, these are just a couple of the few reasons why you should check them out on Instagram at Proper Design Works. They do amazing work. I have been working with them for over 10 years on a lot of the T-shirts I design because I can't quite find somebody to do exactly what I want. And they'll just say your order's in. That That's the next call you'll get. Present them with an idea. They'll work with you ground up. You'll be a happy camper. Trust me. Uh, then they got the custom clothing side of the business. Okay. This is literally what it is. You get a tailor. You get to sit down with somebody and say, I want, say, for example, a new bespoke tailored pair of jeans, for example, that are fit and cut to you and designed by you. They're going to help you out with that. You got a new shirt or a new hoodie or some weird little flair that you want to throw on a piece of clothing. They're going to work with you. They're not going to be like, that's crazy. Don't do that. They're going to be like, how do we do more of these? What a great idea. Oh my God. Why didn't I think of that? These are the conversations you're going to have with them. Don't take my word for it. Like I said, head down to at proper design works on Instagram, check out their wares. And then when you're ready to place your first order, Info at properdesignworks.com. It's that simple. It's info at properdesignworks.com. You won't regret it. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. We always appreciate it. Next, uh, our friend Leanne. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Our friend Leanne Funk, who owns Winnipeg Supper Club, is putting on an amazing, delicious event on August 16th. She's doing a Southern Barbecue and Blues Night at Torque Brewery on 8.30 King Edward Street in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Show starts at 6, or dinner starts at 6, and you're going to be treated to a southern barbecue feast, okay? Not one, not two, not three, but four different kinds of meat. You've got pulled pork and dewy sausage, brisket and pork ribs. Your sides, baked beans, creamed corn, potato salad, and coleslaw. It's like a Food Network special. It's the easiest way to explain it, to give you some sort of you know mental image. Uh, like I said, dinner's at 6 p.m., and then once you're done... At 8.30, local blues musician Dustin Harder, who's been compared to the likes of Peter Green and Eric Clapton, is going to play you some upbeat, feel-good rock and prairie soul as you drink some torque beer into the wee hours of the night. Tickets are only $85 each. You can find them at www.winnipegsupperclub.com. That's www.winnipegsupperclub.com for tickets. And 85 bucks is a steal of a deal, guys. Um, we all know dinner can sometimes be just 50 to 70 bucks alone for one person. If, well, and if you're my size, whatever. That's neither here nor there. The point is, it's a great local brewery. It's a great local event company. Do you see what I'm saying here? It's a great local musician. Support your local people right now. We're coming out of the COVID thing. We're trying to get back to some sense of normality. And this is these are the kind of events that if we support, there'll be more of. All right. Again, you can buy all your tickets at www.winnipegsupperclub.com. That is August 16th at Torque Brewery. Uh, if you have any questions, you can contact Leanne on the website and email her there as well. So go do it. Trust us. You won't regret it. Uh, this week on the show, we are so happy to present you with a local podcasting duo. Uh, the Couch Potatoes, Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun from CJOB's The Couch Potatoes podcast got to come on the show. What did we debate about? We debated about what movie character should have their own radio show. Who was interesting and cool and talkative enough that off screen you could give them a microphone and a couple hours on a radio station and let them go. 
and we had a fucking blast. These guys were great. It was a, it's not a normal debate. There was less shit talking. This was, this was more like golf. This was very gentlemanly. And I loved it because it, it just presented a different aspect to how we do what we do here. Um, I think I'll make some more rules, maybe get a whistle and call for some penalties on the field. Martin, I'm talking to you. Uh, so that's what you're in for this week. Uh, for all things Real Debaters, it's at Real Debaters on Twins, Twinsta, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. That's R-E-E-L for the spelling. The email address is therealdebaters at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we'll read it on the air. Ask a question, give a shit, come up with an idea for the show. We'll give you credit for it. These are just a couple of the reasons you should email us. And lastly, the website, uh, therealdebaters.podbean.com is where you're going to be able to find all things Real Debaters. That's it. That's all. You know the rest. I'll cue the real, and you enjoy the show. Nice. <laughs> this is a sweet, sweet living room. I'm looking around at the walls and all the cool stuff you've got. Like you got a rhino head sticking off, and uh, I don't know what this SS Kinora uh, painting is. I love it. It, it, it. I like it because it's given me inspiration. Because I moved into my apartment a year ago, and I have put up nothing. Really, on my walls like white nothing. walls, just yeah, waiting, just waiting for a canvas to be painted. Yes. So this is awakening. <laughs> The decorator inside. <laughs> little little in known place. fact, Mike has actually uh, hunted all of these animals. Yes. Putting pins on the map of the world of where you've all been. Well, okay. That, the, the, the elephant is Walmart, I think. I, okay. I, caught, the, I caught the big elephant at Walmart. <laughs> all right. Uh, the zebra was winners for sure. In okay. the back, there was, there was a tussle in the back of winners, and I won the zebra. Uh, the yak <laughs> is, uh, I think... I think Shelmerdine's, oh, if I'm not wow. mistaken. Yeah, okay. we cut the yak at Shelmerdine's. Uh, the llama, that that was, I, I, I don't know where the llama came from. What's this? Uh, that, the, what oh. are those? Those are our, those are our spirit animals. Um, those are, there's a company in the States, I can't remember the name of them, um, but they make just fugly looking it was like stuffed the cr- animals. <laughs> it was like the Creature Factory, and they did a limited run of bizarre creatures that are now very collectible because they went out of business. Oh. So they own six or eight of them yeah sean well shauna bought it she had a whole she has a whole set of them actually and they're like 50 bucks a stuffed wow. animal i don't i don't know what's so special that about guy's it. yeah he's a uh, inspirational that guy there is one that has headphones on it that looks identical like if mark was a stuffed animal <laughs> yeah it's, it would be it'd be a fucking carbon copy anyways thank you guys for showing up i super appreciate this um, I've been wanting to do this debate that we're doing today for a really long time. And I was like, who on, and, and I, 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 why should I apologize? But I've been, I've been like, who could do this with us? And then I was like the two fucking guys from CJOB who run <laughs> a film podcast. It's not a big jump. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. Uh, we're going to start the show off in a, in, in one of the oldest ways we were doing this, which was the movie of the week, right? Something that you recently saw that you want to do a review on i know you guys are immaculate at that so we'll go around the room brett do you want to take a stab at this and yeah sure uh i actually watched the movie snowpiercer because i just finished watching the series on netflix um which it's a show on tnt in the states and it, it was running on netflix canada 
and it just wrapped up last week. So they did a 10-episode adaptation of the movie, which was based on a graphic novel. And uh, I wanted to go back and watch the movie again. I think it's from 2013, starring Chris Evans. And uh, what a great movie. Like, I, I really enjoyed the TV show, what they did with the story. Uh, they added a lot of great plot to it that made sense, and it didn't feel like overkill. But the movie, uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho, uh, is a tremendous. Par- a parasite, right? Yep. yep. Yes. Yeah, that's right. He, there was a lot of... Uh, that, the, uh, the Academy took a lot of flack when they didn't acknowledge that Snowpiercer at all. Uh, it kind of flew under the radar. And, but I think that was sort of like Bong Joon-ho's coming out party, so to speak. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Just it, it was it, They Americanized it, first of all, so it's an easier swallow, I think, for a lot of people who didn't know what his, what his film catalog had in it. Uh, Chris Evans is killer in that movie. Yeah. Um, did did the TV show extrapolate on a lot of the plot that you're kind of wondering? Like, prime example, how did the train come to be? Does the TV show answer any of those questions? Yeah. The the, the opening scene of the show uh, explains why they needed the train, and it shows how the Tailies become the Tailies. It sort of shows like how they they. I'll just say how they get on the train because I don't want to spoil it if you haven't <laughs> yeah. seen it. But it does. It goes into a heavy breakdown <laughs> of uh, you know the the tail section, third class, second class, and first class, and the power struggle within the train. You see a lot more of the train. You meet a lot more of the characters because the movie focused primarily on Chris Evans and the tailies, right? Yes, exactly. So this one uh, gets into it more. It's more plot driven. It's it's more of a thriller, whereas the movie was more of. A, uh, real heavy commentary, I think. You know, the, the 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 show is lacking kind of the biting commentary that the movie had, but uh, still, uh, the TV show is great and the movie is excellent. Is there a character named Winnipeg in the TV show? I've heard this kind of floating around town. Yes, yes, that's right. I think it's in the first episode where uh, she says uh, everyone was calling her Winnie, but then she says, "Don't worry, Winnipeg, it'll be okay," or something like that. I can't remember what exactly what she said. I would love to find what. Like what staff member, what writer, what producer is involved that has anything to do with Winnipeg? That's like on The Simpsons when they come to Winnipeg and they're driving on the highway and there's this turnoff sign that says Gimli. And it's like, <laughs> well, how in the hell did they figure that out? Like, And that's before there was a lot of real like Google Maps and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like the mid or late 90s when that one came out. So every time I see that, I was like, is there a writer in there that's like from Manitoba or something? I think Matt Groening's in-laws are Canadian really? in some way and I think there may have been an anchor to Winnipeg in some way shape or form because hmm. that's the that's it back to Winnipeg yeah. right with the whole free Medicare I and feel like Winnipeg's and... kind of also the butthole of North America that we just default to where where could you possibly get stuck that's the worst place in North America well, well clearly Winnipeg right in the middle of the map <laughs> too right so. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've watched Snowpiercer is one of those movies that I watch like I'll just throw it on in the background yeah and and, and have it going but it is it's um it's it, the tower on Netflix is kind of so, doing the same thing with the social commentary where there's the classism in Snowpiercer you got the rear the middle and the front where the tower did the exact same thing have you guys seen the tower on no, Netflix yet but okay. you know what I'm going to add this to my list right now so it's a foreign film it's du- it's dubbed for for language and essentially what's happening is there's a pile of food at the top of this tower and it's a prison i might be wrong on this and as the tower oh, as the as yes. the pile of food goes down in the tower 
there's less and less and less. Oh. And the whole premise behind it is is to leave enough for the next person, right? But the people at the top get the best, and then by the time it gets to the bottom, it's just like crackers and rice. Crackers, exactly, crackers and rice. But a good social commentary movie is hard to find. These is this the? Is good. it the platform? Sorry, the platform. Thank okay. you. Yes, yes, it's okay. the platform. I'm just adding that to added to the list. Oh. I shall watch that. That sounds great. Was it your first time watching Snowpiercer? Or no. Did, yeah. So just a rewatch to kind of get. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to. I, w- I finished the series, and while it was fresh, I wanted to to watch the movie again. I've wanted to watch the movie again for a wa- for years. I just I never get around to it. I have so many other things I watch. <laughs> Are the fight scenes in the show as good as the fight scenes in the movie? Um. You know what? Yeah, some of the fight scenes are pretty are pretty violent, and there was actually one that was really sort of creative and ingenious the way they orchestrated it and and did it. And one of the characters involved, I think they called him Strong Boy or Strong Man, and and some of the stuff he does is wild. So, it, like, I it, it, it's taking me a second to remember because it was a week. It airs. It was one episode a week. It wasn't yeah. just like a because TNT was running it weekly, so you'd get one episode a week on Netflix. So it wasn't a binge. Um, so I watched it over the course of 10 weeks, but highly recommended. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Jeff, what'd you watch? Uh, I actually went to the theater because oh. they reopened last week. We right? just added each other on Instagram and I saw you yeah. sitting in a movie theater yeah, yeah. as I got home and I was like, you went to a fucking movie theater. I went theater. to two movie theaters. Okay. Um, somebody was talking about the morning show you guys are on this week and they were like, yeah, one of the guys went to a movie and I was like, I want to talk. I wanted to find out who it was. Okay. okay. So what's it like? It was actually not bad. I, I went to the St. Fatale Theater on Saturday afternoon and okay. Grant Park on Sunday afternoon. And in both of them, like, they got somebody right at the door that's like, tells you exactly what the deal is. Um, I bought both tickets online. Didn't have to show that to anyone. <laughs> really? <laughs> the lady at St. Fatale, she's like, Are you here to see mm, a movie? Good to know. I said, Yeah, I'm here to see Jaws. And she's like, It's in theater two around the right. You can stop at the concession first if you like. And. That w- and there was the lobby was all empty except for her, me, and one person at the concession desk. Really? Oh, wow. And there Crickets. was about, th- and it was in the big. The Jaws was in the big AVX theater they have there, okay. which has got to seat like four hundred people. Yeah, some, would, yeah, something like that. And there was about ten of us in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, <laughs> I bought a single ticket, and they were selling, like there would be a group of two, then four empty seats, and a group of two. So if you're going with somebody, right, you can sit with your wife or husband or whatever. Uh, so I bought a single ticket, and sure enough, they sold another single ticket to a guy in the seat right beside me. <laughs> so I walk in there, and there's like six people at that point, and I was like, they think we're going to sit right beside each other, and we're strangers. So I moved three over, and then a lady came in on the other side, and I was just like one off from her, and I was like, you know what, you guys? I'm just going to go to that entirely empty section over there. <laughs> Where I could put Where they didn't even sell and tickets, yeah. and I'm just like, I-, I couldn't believe that. I was I meant to bring that up to a manager afterwards, but I... I was got into the movie and forgot about it until I was driving home. I was like, oh, yeah, I should have told him. Now, that's that. an oversight. <laughs> yeah. And at, and at Grand Park. One job. At Grand Park, they had that covered where they had maybe like five rows they were selling seats in in groups of two in most of the rows, but they had one row where they were selling singles. So I could go do that. Cause I, and then I went to see Lord of the Rings. What was better in the theater? First of all, you obviously saw Lord of the Rings in the theater the first time. Yeah, several times. It was several the first times. one, so this would have been like the fourth so theater what's, experience. What's, so it was Jaws, Jaws. what's yeah, yeah. Jaws like on the big I've screen? I've never seen it on the big screen before. It was, it was awesome. I was surprised I got as into it as I did just under the circumstances. You know, when you see in a movie 50 times at the 51st time, you're sometimes you're just not paying attention, right? Yeah, Especially yeah, totally. when you're at home. Yeah. You're just like on your phone and looking out the window, whatever else. But So this it did a good job of... I got sucked right in, uh, and I was just 
it was it was amazing as it could be. I didn't you know jump or get scared because I knew all all the stuff was coming. But yeah, yeah. there's a lot of the, you know when you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but a lot of the cool cinematography looked so much better just blowing up like that. Was it like yeah, a, it was exciting? What was it like? I, I guess was it a treated version or was it like the ori- like did they did they no, no, remaster it, good. it? Okay, so yeah. it looked it looked. Good. It was it the original? No, it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the old IMAX okay, theater, so we know what your original thoughts are. At the old IMAX theater, they used to show old movies sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I went in like '96 and in, to see Ferris Bueller, and it was like it was an original print, like it was full of scratches, and the sound was muddy and dropped out a bunch of times. I was like, "That's terrible." So this wasn't that. That's all I meant. Okay. Was it wasn't. It wasn't that original. It was. <laughs> I don't know that they did anything special for it because when I got home, I put in the Blu-ray to watch the documentary, and then the end credits started playing, and that looked a little crisper than what I actually saw in the theater. Mm-hmm. At the end of the end credits in the theater, there was a an old just still ad that said, "The next time you're in Hollywood, come visit us at Universal Studios." Which was clearly tagged on to the end of it from the 70s or whatever. No kidding. Like yeah. when they had the Jaws yeah. exhibit and the, yeah, yeah, and the, the, the ride moment. there and stuff. Yeah. That's, that, so that was cool. My DVD doesn't have that or my Blu-ray doesn't have that. But. Um, is <laughs> I, 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 A thought just came across my mind. The trailers used to be at the end of the movie. Yeah. They didn't start putting them at the beginning of the movie until they started to make ad dollars and see what their value was in them, but you'd always wait until the end. And then mm. these, like, come on down to Universal yeah, would, be, yeah. uh, would be at the end of it. They also, they because it's technically a horror movie, they showed a bunch of trailers before the movie that were really scary horror movie trailers, and I don't <laughs> like horror movies. Really? Yeah, so I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I have to sit through <laughs> this? Oh, I was mad. <laughs> like, I can't sounds like me at, after 10.30 at night on, on TV when I'm watching something. Yeah. I'm like, why do you show me the preview yeah. of this? Like, I don't want to <laughs> see that Candyman movie, right? Yeah. Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. And the mirror. And yeah. The, yeah. You, you mentioned that you put the, the Jaws documentary on? Yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting documentary. I've watched that once a year, I think. I, it, it, was this Shark Week inspired this? <laughs> no. It just, it just so happens to be Shark well, no, Week. That's how too. I found Sorry, about it, was, was they were playing it on Shark Week on Discovery Channel one year, and I was like, there's so much story to the story of Jaws. Yeah. Like how, how the mechanical shark just kept breaking down, which ended up making the movie better because it prolonged you meeting Jaws finally. And then how there was like the old lady who smacks... Um, Roy Brody, Schreider, yeah. she's just a local. She's not even an actress. They were just they were getting to know the locals so much because they had so many problems yeah. shooting the movie that they would get fed by the locals and then they would hang out in the local bars and, and, and I, they, they just ended up being friends with everyone and throwing them in the film. I read a story about that lady. She was, I think she was just like on vacation in New York or something and she went to a restaurant and she noticed on the menu they had the Alex Kintner sandwich, which oh. was the name of her, <laughs> her son, son. In, who gets killed by the, the shark Kintner in the movie. Yeah. And so she told the waiter... Just so you know, in the movie, I played Alex Kintner's mom. And the waiter said, uh, wait right here. I'm going to get the manager. And the manager was the kid that played Alex Kintner. Are you serious? They hadn't seen each other since the movie. And then oh. they just met in his restaurant what no, that's it, like, a cool 40 story. years later. That's, that's one of them stories. Cool. That's neat. That's Mark. super cool. I, I hate this always I comes to me. This this is, you know what? There's <laughs> been no new movies out, right? Like, so I go back and watch. I, I was catching up. I, I've been on Netflix. I finally got around to watching uh, Uncut Gems, which I hadn't seen. I saw The Gentleman, uh, which I loved. I know we just talked about I wasn't here, but they, we guys talked a lot about The That's Gentleman okay. recently. I finally saw Birds of Prey, which I'd been putting off. Out of all uh, of these, what was at the top of your list? That you, were you know like, what? Wow. I, I'm going to say all of those ones we already talked about. I'm just going to go right back into the, the the series on Netflix just because we're allowed to during COVID. 
Um, I, I started, I've got halfway through the second season of how to sell drugs on the internet fast German Netflix program <laughs> dubbed over. It's great. What is the, I've, I've skimmed over it. I've seen it. It's, it shows up all the time, but I have no idea. You know, what's so great about it. it the story's kind of basic. It's, it's a kid, uh, in Germany that stumbles onto the, he's a real smart computer kid. Right. And he's uh, with his other buddy from school are opening a website called Mitems, M-Y-T-E-M-S. And what they're going to do is allow you to buy um, like online gaming treasure items like the sword of so and so or the, you know, that other people have earned and collected. But you can actually pay real money for these these in-game items. Right. Um, So they've started this store and then they stumble onto this whole drug uh, world, so they start using their their infrastructure from Mitems to open a website, My Drugs, and they become the largest online ecstasy distributors in the, uh, Europe. <laughs> but as you do, the way the show, what I really like about it is the way that it's filmed. Right, it's very modern. So he'll be talking about the way that people interact on social media, and he's walking down the uh, the aisleway of the school, and people's like emojis will appear over their head and they'll be like somebody's life meter and so they really do some really cool editing after the fact they get the millennials right? yeah and they yeah. really work in like the one guy's a computer hacker and the way that they actually work in like real code but like overlays and the way that things are done is just it kind of it gives it a really neat feel the uh sort of the i mean the the dubbing's horrible but the uh post-production stuff and, and effects are, are pretty neat they make it a, a very neat show to watch did you so. consider watching it in german not even for a second <laughs> <laughs> not even will this for make a it better <laughs> i we ask as the couch potatoes talk about this all the time we watch a lot of foreign shows i can't i cannot watch a show dubbed it, i find it i find uh, for me you, even though i can't understand what they're saying with the you know you get the subtitles i feel like you it, what they're what they're saying in their own language you interpret that through their body language better you do for, for yeah. me that's just for me i know that a lot of people hate subtitles and i get it but uh i i feel it takes away from the experience so the fact that it's german i'm now it's like oh I'll yeah. just yeah, all we've all i've been watching lately is foreign stuff so i might have to add that you know what i'm gonna add that to my <laughs> list right now too it's in its second season it's uh it's good it's iceland and norway have a lot of good shows yeah. I, yes, yeah. I've heard. Spain. It is interesting. Well, I also that just watched Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Iceland, <laughs> <laughs> was it good? You know what? I enjoyed it. I, it was a feel-good movie. Yeah. Is it a throwback to like Step Brothers and Burgundy and all that stuff? It's, it's not that. It's not quite that dumb, I guess. But he's reserved. Farrell's reserved yeah. in it. Yeah. I would say that's an interesting watch. I don't think I've ever seen Farrell not that's at funny. a ten. Right? At <laughs> There's least a guy at his local bar who steals a suit, screaming for that oh, stupid song. Yes. That's just. <laughs> It's it's quite it's entertaining. I I'd highly recommend it. Bon, just to kind of point out what you said, Brett, about subtitles and such. Bong Joon Ho actually said that when you open yourself up to foreign films, you open yourself up to a whole different world. And we're not taught to yeah. go after a foreign film because you go after what you understand. Yeah. And after watching Parasite, I was like, yes, I'm very. My wife loves subtitles. I'm obsessed with them now because I feel that certain accents and certain exchanges are missed sometimes so when you get to read them it it, it registers in my brain as something that's happening and then I, I understand what's been said so I'm not missing anything but um, I I do appreciate a really good uh, foreign film now, yeah if you can throw it I'll, I could have used some anything. subtitles in the gentleman too 
Yeah. F- <laughs> oh, we, Jeff, we always w- w- elementary in particular. Remember elementary? Yeah. If it, if anyone's got a British accent, <laughs> subtitles go on. For now, right now, I put subtitles on most everything, anyways. Yeah. If it's brand new, it's like because uh, my, my hearing's going, and it's like you know what? Exactly. I'm just I'm gonna miss something important. They're all talking. They're a bunch of fast talkers, and it's all plotty and stuff. So it's like I, fucking I, I need to know what's going on. It's fucking ass. Fucking ass. Fucking dags. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I, fucking, uh, have you seen a. Colin Farrell in In Bruges? Yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about trying to understand English. It's fucking little person. <laughs> fucking midget. Midget don't yeah, go cane. Brad Pitt from Snatch. Yeah, right. Put, put, just make that right, and then whoever can decipher it, uh, it wins. Well, pretty ex- much ex- every ex- Guy surprise. Ritchie movie you got to use subtitles yeah. in, except Aladdin. You know, I think he was. I think no, he was stretching real too Guy far. Movie. On, yeah, <laughs> lock stock and two smoking barrels. Not a movie that he directed, but a <laughs> Guy Ritchie movie. Um, I got. I, I promised myself this year that I would. I used to watch like real deep art house, quirky, weird shit. Like if you went to Blockbuster and there was only like one copy of it, that's what I was watching for a really long time. And then I got on the Blockbuster train. Right, okay. Avengers, Jurassic World, all the big Blockbuster three hundred million dollar cost movies. And slipped away from it. And Shauna, my wife, has been, you know, she's the one who likes the Little Miss Sunshines, right? Like the really cool, quirky stories. So we watched uh, Blow the Man Down, which is a Amazon-produced movie. And in short, it's about a fishing town that has this really gruesome event happen. And there's these two sisters who just lost their mother. It, it's a dark comedy, essentially, and it takes place in Maine. So you've... It, it, isn't that where all of Stephen King's stories are set? Pretty much. New England, Maine, same shit. But this one, it starts with like old sea shanties and a bunch of fishermen singing. And it plays throughout the movie. So every time there's a lull in a transition, this old fisherman who's drunk on a boat just starts so singing, singing the next the next part of the song <laughs> that somehow wraps into the story. It's it's a dark comedy. It's a murder mystery. Um, it was it was it's it's got Sounds a bunch like of, Aquaman. <laughs> yes. Did I watch Aquaman? Um, where do you, where can you watch it? You can watch it on Amazon. Um, it was at the Tribeca. It was at Toronto Film Festival. It got picked up by Amazon as soon as as soon as it hit the festival circuit. Um, if you like a good dark comedy, yeah, um, with a very original story, like it, the, and and what I was really impressed with, and I'm really happy about, is the above the line cast. It's all female. There's two men in it, and they play dopey cops. And it's a very small town with, well, I mean, the gruesome event is a murder that takes place. And these two sisters get caught up in it. But the subplot is underneath this town has this really seedy, dark underbelly of a history. And these three old ladies are the only ones who really know what's up. So they're constantly, like, poking and prodding into everybody's shit. And then on top of that, there's a bed and breakfast that doubles as a brothel that, you know, helps out all the fishermen coming in and out of the town. It just keeps going and going and going. Blow the man down. Blow the man down. (laughs) And that's, you know what, after watching it, that's a big part of it is, is, is women facing horrible fishermen in this small town in Maine. And and if if you like rule town movies, small town like it, I it, do, yeah, it's like fried green tomatoes <laughs> went dark. Essentially, Ooh. I have added that to my list. So I've got three <laughs> things to watch so if far. If you don't leave here with anything, at least you left here with three new, <laughs> three new shows to kill time with. Um, so that's that. Well, all right, I'm warm. You're warm, and it's not just because the air conditioning is not really working that well. <laughs> it's okay. my voice. Yes, my voice is warm. You're warmed my up. Attitude's okay. warm. Well, I would love to dig into today's question, um, which the whole reason Brett and Jeff are here is to give us their take on what movie character could have their own radio show. 
Because you guys have a the little The potatoes radio. are here to the, debate. The, 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 the debating potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the potatoes versus the debaters. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. There you go. I think you just found the episode title right there. That's why he's here, for dad jokes and great puns, if nothing else. So um, I will go first to kind of give you guys, you know, the lay of the land here okay. and how we roll. Um, essentially speaking, it's pretty simple. Argue your point. Chew the shit out of the other guys in the room when they're on the floor. So once I'm done, feel free to poke holes in my argument in whatever way you see fit. Um, when we're done, we'll all vote for each other. You can't vote for yourself because that's just cheating. Okay. And then may the best debater or potato win. <laughs> so um, I'm, I kind of went back to my tool chest and pulled out. We did, we did a debate on who would you want to secret shop for for a secret Santa. And I picked the cast of Beetlejuice. And it went pretty dark pretty quick because <laughs> I wanted to give um, I wanted to give uh, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis's character a pet, the dead dog episode. So, so I thought, hey, you know what? I'll go back and I'll go back to where they died and kill a dog there, so the oh dog God. can cross the plane <laughs> and they can have a pet for the rest of their life, right? That kind of went a little dark, but so I decided to pick Beetlejuice as my character, and my show title was called The Dead Madman Hour with Beetlejuice. Oh wow. Basically, I, I'm, I'm profiting off of his bio exorcist tagline. Um, so his personality, reason why I wanted to pick him, he's incredibly loud, silly, and over the top, right? He's he, almost like shock radio, essentially. Yeah, it'd have to be. He, he, he's, he's a walking harassment claim, first of all. So I don't know how long my show's <laughs> going to last for. But nonetheless, that's kind of why I went with him. He's, he's entertaining. I, I figured he would be, his show would be a cross between like Coast to Coast <laughs> and, and Howard Stern kind of a mix of the two um late night not a daytime mid-afternoon run pretty much from 10 till 2 in the morning i figured i'd give him because that's where all the kooks like to listen to shit right at least that's when i start to listen to stuff uh it's a call-in show as well as an interview based show so the interviews would be <laughs> with anybody that he can talk to across the plane so if he can get in touch with any dead souls demons um, historical figures that have died because he's an exorcist. He can talk to anybody. So think Julius Caesar. Think JFK. Think anybody who's passed away, Beetlejuice is going to be able to talk to them on some way, shape, or form. Uh, second to that, I wanted to bring in some gimmicks. I wanted Lydia to do like a 15-minute section on dark photography. Um, I wanted to bring back... Uh, what do we got here? I wanted to bring back Adam and Barbara to do a little bit of a section on dead proof. Like, what's it like to pass over? for anybody who's wondering what will happen when they die. Uh, along with that, I also wanted to include... Hang on here. Uh, just off the top of your head. Just off the top of my head. I'm not using notes at all whatsoever. <laughs> uh, that's good. I, I'll be reading from my notes. Yeah, also. no, that's... No, no, we, like I said... I wrote mine down. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> because I'm old. What is? What kind of iPad is that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the home button? This isn't me ignoring you. This is me consulting my copious <laughs> uh, Anyways, I wanted to have him be able to do tell fortunes, speak to the dead, those that need enclosure with their life. Basically, any sort of paranormal activity, I feel that Beetlejuice can kind of help with. And he's like, he's not a bullshit Miss Cleo, you know? Like, right. he's actually somebody who's got, you know, you know, the chops to prove it. Um, for his show gimmicks, like I said, I had Adam and Barbara Maitland come back. Um, I also would be able to do a free sandworm ride giveaway day. Right, or you could pull a sandworm out behind the radio station and let the kids ride it. Uh, you, you can also do live radio spots from cemeteries and nearly black masses to kind of pull some attention towards the show. 
and then his funeral co- homes like to advertise. Did, did you see? Yeah. <laughs> We're open, uh, and then his commercial. Um, I kind of looked at it as uh, one of those like fast talking. Are you in need of blah blah blah? You know, so it was along the lines of, "Are you on death's door? Do you have questions where you might be headed once death lets you in? If so, please contact Beetlejuice, your friendly neighborhood bioexorcist. With over 100 years of shape shifting, demonic possession, spell casting, and trickery, you can count on him finding your ass into heaven or hell. Don't believe me? Well, he attended Juilliard." And he graduated Harvard. He lived through the Black Plague and had a good time doing that. He's seen The Exorcist 107 times, and he says it keeps getting funnier, not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what the fuck do you think of that? <laughs> Just a pull from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his prose, uh, he's going to bring in the late light and the li- listeners. Uh, his voice is rough and ready for radio. You know, the who, ha, right? Uh, resume skill set. It's not of the living world, which means he's unique and he's cornering a market with authenticity instead of bullshit and his lack of boundaries. Like he doesn't care. Like, I think he tried and not that this is a great way to argue this point, <laughs> but like he's constantly sexually assaulting somebody, either male or female in the show. So his lack of boundaries would allow him to ask for some pretty poignant and like deep questions. Uh, the only cons I really had uh, hard to control. He's not going to want to listen to show notes. You know, like if someone's if someone's <laughs> yeah. going to complain about what he's doing on the radio, he's just going to tell you to get fucked. Um, and like also I mentioned walking harassment waiting to happen. So the show is short lived and would probably need to be moved to a, like a home studio probably after its first month. Um, two hours in time. He gets a third. He gets three hours if his, if his listenership gets up by the end of the year. And that, my friends, is why I think Beetlejuice should run a radio show. That's, I like it. That's I, pretty good. I, I, I would. The harassment strong. thing is going to cost some real <laughs> on a regular terrestrial radio station yeah. you might get a, you will not, even not even satellite radio but podcasting you might be have a, be okay also i think his voice is maybe too harsh yeah i don't know I, i've got a thing about if i don't like the guy's voice uh, radio goes off real fast but it'll well, it'll it would depend there, I, there some is, people like it there is a point in the in the movie though where he kind of scales it back i can't remember what he says but he kind of doesn't he like pull up his pants or something, and then he just starts to go into to speak normally. Ah, uh, that's that's the that is the point where he does the pitch where they're like, well, what are your you know what are your uh, credentials? And he pulls his pants up and he's like, oh well, I went to Juilliard and then I'm graduated from yeah, business okay, school. that's it, <laughs> yeah. And then he slowly goes back to himself, right? Yeah. But like everything that he does is for show, but at the same time, everything that he does can't be shown in real life. Like it's just not acceptable but bonus points for all the guests he could get because that's insane right yeah yeah if you can get like jesus and john lennon back to back i just feel <laughs> in uh <laughs> in today's climate it just wouldn't fly mike that's what i knew he would bring up in 2020 <laughs> it's not yeah no he's I know. just way too uh, i mean he's just a walking lawsuit i don't think any radio station he would have to sell he'd have to go pirate radio so was howard stern when he first started yeah, Howard, you're comparing Beetlejuice to Howard Stern. I'm trying, <laughs> <laughs> but I, as you pointed it's out, re- when he started, how long ago was that? What, thirty years, forty years? He's been in radio yeah. right now. So, I, yeah, you you soften up over time. Okay, all right. Um, Brett or Jeff, do you want to do you want to take a stab at me here? I'm I'm, I'm available I'm, for a punch. Well, see, uh, that's the thing when you told told us to like tear you apart. We're not, we're not mean like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm used, to, I'm used to the crew that we normally work with who will, we will just 
rip each other to shreds here. But yeah, if, I, 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 especially I, Mike. I enjoyed your your argument. I I, I was picturing Beetlejuice hosting a radio show. The outcome show. we're hoping for tonight is a four way tie. But <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I, like I said, we are all sitting on a fence right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody vote to the left. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll right. call it a day. <laughs> All right, Mark, you want to take a stab at the next one? I I will. I'm just gonna just gonna kind of do my own style here. I'm yeah. kind of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy, um, because I'm gonna refer to some things that everybody knows. So my show uh, was a a sort of a Miss Lonely Hearts radio show, if you will. Um, hosted by uh, Owen Wilson as John Beckwith and Vince Vaughn as Jeremy Gray of <laughs> Wedding Crashers fame. Uh, during which show, uh, clearly they can play off of each other humor-wise. Yeah. Um, I would argue that Vince Vaughn might have one of the best rambles in all of movies. <laughs> Um, We're talking about the opening scene. Oh, when he gets going, you can't stop Vince. No, Vaughn, right? Th- that opening scene where uh, where he's it, what is it? His uh, uh, assistant comes into the room. The and sleepover. Sh- tries to set him up. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, come on. That's possibly the Janice, right? Uh, Janice, I apologize to you if I don't seem real eager to jump into a forced, awkward, intimate uh, situation that people call dating. <laughs> we spend all night wondering, does she like me? Do I like her? Do I think she likes me and she likes her? And <laughs> then we get to the door. We decide, are we going to, you know, are we going to kiss? Am I going to go halfway? Is she going to meet me? Are we going to play a little game that's called just a tip? Just for a second. <laughs> 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 right when Vince Vaughn gets going, I mean, tell, he's going to take over the show. Yeah, he gets hot. Um, clearly, the relationship advice that they're going to be able to offer is uh, is horrible, but <laughs> but second to none. This uh, is where you get to throw it back at him. You no, know, I know, I know, climate. I know. I love that we've got two peaceful individuals here. It may, it's not the, not the normal flow of the show. So go on, Mark. I'll right. wait my turn. Uh, they have some uh, very famous uh, rules. You know, never leave a, a crasher behind. I mean, supplement crasher by friend. I mean, this is really the, this is dating life for the single person. Definitely it is. So is your show catered towards men trying to date or is it catered towards relationships in general? I think, I think it's, it's catered towards the, the single person, the, uh, maybe the internet dater okay. that, uh, the tinderer, the, t- the tinderer. That uh, is using those opportunities to maybe meet people in groups, like like a wedding, like here in Winnipeg, a social, right? <laughs> An outing, but you need help guiding through. You know, you need a set of rules that's going to help you, you know, work in teams. You know, never leave a person uh, stranded. Uh, never sulk in the corner. Draw attention to yourself, but in the right way. <laughs> is it... These guys at the beginning of the movie when they're stupid horn dogs, or at the end of the movie when they've grown up and learned their lessons. <laughs> well, because that's, that's two different shows. <laughs> that is, that, that is, that's the great part. See, we know that they uh, developed and evolved during the course of the movie to be understanding, loving husbands, right? Right. So, but they can uh, relate to all of those horn dogs, and ah. they can kind of guide them and point them in the right direction. You know, this is the way you do it, but. You know, this is this is the the ends. You're gonna, you're going to meet the love of your life, right? Is there a five minute segment at the end of every uh, show with Will Ferrell? <laughs> well, obviously, yes. Talking yes. about how to score a funeral. Chaz, the, the, Chaz, how to score a funeral. The, 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 Chaz time, <laughs> right? Chaz, Chaz, Chaz five, five minutes with Chaz. Loaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she does in there. 
<laughs> well, and you, uh, and again, this is where I'm supposed to tear you your argument to, to shreds. But you ra- raised a really important point on Vince Vaughn having the ramble because Oof. if it's a, so, this is a long form talk show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that is key to be able to just rant or go off on a ramble because you have just to fill time. It's you have ragging a lot. the puck. Yeah, you is have. That, is that the is that oh. the yeah. industry term ragging the puck? You, if it's you know five after the hour and you can't take a break until twelve after the hour. You gotta, you gotta talk fill. for seven minutes. Like yeah. honestly, tell me a guy in Hollywood or or on radio or anywhere that's gonna be able to ramble like Vince Vaughn. Honestly, I'm not just saying it because I picked him, but and I mean in the in the vein of wedding crashers, we're gonna our sponsorship is gonna come from uh, Moore's Formal Wear and Tuxedo Rental. Uh, of course, right? Uh, <laughs> it, it'll get you set up for any event. Whether it's uh, whether it's a, a bar mitzvah, a wedding, you know, uh, because, you know, you can uh, bar mitzvah crash, too, if you need to. Um, I, I just you know what? I, I just saw the two guys. It's an incredible movie. Um, I went over all the quotes and I mean, there's so many great situations where they're helping each other out. Right. Uh, even even though it's kind of like you said, it's kind of a bro comedy uh, at the beginning, uh, there really is some tender moments between them when they really, you know, a, a, a famous line from uh, Owen Wilson, and it would be like, you know, the, you know how they say you only use 10% of your brain? Well, I feel we only use 10%, 10% of our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Classic. Hang on. Classic. I got to puke now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So I think it's, really? it's, it's, it's tender relationship advice, man to man on, on that kind of level. There, and you know what? I'll give you a point for the man-to-man thing because that's not common, at least. like I mean, you'll find it on, like what is there, over a million podcasts in the world now just on Apple alone. Like You're going to find that, that, but for public radio, that's not something that's that common. No, you're going to find two bros that, that'll, that'll hug it out, that'll, that'll get down and cry with you. Okay. Um, are Pick we, you up. Are we, are, 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 what is there, is there a call-in portion? Is there any sort of gimmick that you've well, got absolutely. going on? Well, absolutely. In the sense of sort of a Miss Lonely Hearts, they would take sort of a case study, okay. at, you know, in the show, and they'd lay it out, and then they'd give advice and call. Not like a, like a rapid call-in, but I think they would maybe, you know, feature a few different. Lonely in Las Vegas here. Exactly. You know, tell me your story. And then they, they kind of coach. I don't know who's lonely in Las Vegas, but (laughs) they're the ones that need the most help. (laughs) Um, What would, would you care to elaborate or is that, uh, no, that's, that's, that's what's going down. That's That's, what's going down. It's just, uh, it's just two dudes that can talk like hell. And, oh, and we also have the sponsorship from uh, an emerging maple syrup conglomerate in Connecticut. (laughs) Uh, They're going to be really big. Uh, They're backing the show. Uh. <laughs> will there be any will, will there be a visual social media component like maybe weekly they the, he was it uh, make me a bicycle clown is that yes. the movie that's uh yeah make me a bicycle clown that's a, make yeah. me a fucking bicycle <laughs> the the balloon art yeah, yeah you could balloon totally art, yeah yes. balloon art how there's also the art art from the per brother right yes. yeah that guy a painter the, <laughs> yes what is it i i call it I call it entertainment. It's sexual and violent. <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> it's it's good. See, Mark Mark has this running thing where he like he he really does try to win. Where I just want to entertain, and it it makes it really hard to 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 find a fucking hole to poke in your shit. I think they would Argument. honestly be good. I, I don't know if if they're 
I mean, I'll rag on myself. I don't know if their uh, their gimmick is really not been done to death already. I mean, they can offer their take on it, but uh, I mean, they're not going to interview Jesus. Well, they, this, sorry, this is a weekly show. This uh, yes, it's just a weekly show. Yeah, it's not a daily, right? It's sort of a yeah. afternoon Saturdays where people, you know, kind of thing. Dead, dead time on the weekend where you got to fill with radio programs. Yeah, or late, late, late night Sunday that people used to look forward to. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that against you guys. Yeah, that's where the couch potatoes start. Yeah, Saturday, Saturdays Saturdays at three. Is, Saturday at 6 and Sundays at noon or the other way around? Uh, sa- Saturdays at noon, Sundays, Sundays at 6. But right. well, we started Saturdays at 3 p.m. And then we moved to Tuesdays at 8 and then Wednesdays at 7 and then Sunday at 6 p.m. And then Thursday at 8 and then Saturday at, I think, 11 and then uh, they moved us, and now I think we're at our Jeez. Saturday at 12 yeah. and Sunday at 6. Thanks, Rain Man. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you remember all that. I, can't well, re- I could never remember. Well, because we're like, this, we're like definitely Scrubs. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely they're like Wapner. NBC Scrubs. That show saw every time slot on That's NBC's right. schedule. Same with Alias. Yep. Scrubs was a great. Isn't that a compliment though? Like they can show. put you anywhere, and they know it's going to draw something. So you you guys are ambidextrous yeah, yeah. in that regard. Either that, or it's just because you know what they're really cheap. So we'll just <laughs> doesn't matter where we put them. We're just happy to have programming that's not costing us. Really anything. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's a good angle. That that's all I got. That's all I got. It's it's a sound argument. It really is. I mean, I picked a guy who was eventually going to you know grab you by the dick on purpose or not and you pick two guys who could actually <laughs> teach people how to be better humans and the recurring theme and just like in the movie is you you come up with some random piece of advice off the top of your head that really just was spur of the moment yeah. and then you tag a rule number on the end of it right totally all through the movie is like I, I never walk away from another crasher in a fancy jacket rule number 115 the only you know what here i got one i got one uh i got one fault here uh there's a lot of women they've left in their dust <laughs> And I feel that they're going to get me too. They're going to get me too. like yeah. not so much me too, because they haven't really done anything wrong. But what I think they would do is I think you'd have a lot like eventually there would be like a like a oh, what the fuck the dirty dot com. And there would just be a bunch of women <laughs> throwing up stories about them from but previous. Maybe that's the only thing I want to be clear about is they're not going to be out uh, promoting their 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 crashing days. They're going to be out there as, as an, a, a, a tell a, a cautionary tale, if you will. Okay. Of how not to get sucked into that. So it's and a not- steer young men away from that life. It kind of sounded like the Neil Neil uh, the, the game, the book about like, yeah. pickup artists. I yeah. thought that's no, kind of, I don't. That's no. not. So you're going like that is not our brand. Cautionary. T- that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> how to get laid in one evening. <laughs> not our brand at okay. all. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Jeff or Brett, who wants to? I'll go. You will? Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Um, I chose um, Carl Showalter from the movie Fargo. That's it a stupid idea. Steve Next. Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, can you it take is over? <laughs> it's uh, played, of course, by Steve Buscemi. And it'd be um, more of a mid-morning, issue-driven talk show. Okay. Just <laughs> he, he wants to get to the truth of the matter. And and he's just he, he's not... He's not a banter guy, right? So he, you don't want him in the mornings, or and he doesn't want to go on long, boring diatribes in the middle of the night, just totally. trying to fill time, kind of thing. He wants to get to the heart of the matter, and of course, the show is brought to you by Samsonite briefcases. Uh, <laughs> always great for a money drop whenever you need it, <laughs> and uh, can withstand the cold when you bury them in a pile of snow. <laughs> now, I, I just wrote down about ten different qualities he carries yes. that makes him a good radio host. Oh, good. And the first one is uh, he is. He is obsessed with punctuality 
and timing. Shep said you were going to be here at 7.30. It's after 8. He's already peed three times. There's nothing a radio host hates more than when their guest is late. Because the clock keeps going whether you like it or not. And you're just, you're ruining their whole day by showing up late. Even if it's like three minutes late. It just, it strikes fear into their heart. And they have to rag the puck for three minutes. Oh. And it's just brutal. And then you've. If you only have seven minutes to begin with, now you're down to four I minutes. I feel like right, that so. three minutes feels like an eternity when you just don't have anything planned. Yeah. Is there a big deal with, like, you you guys don't want silence, right? That's that's a that's a big faux pas, I would imagine. So yeah. is it like, like if you just went silent, like, is there is there a recovery? Is there anything? Or is it just keep talking, keep talking, keep going? Pretty much keep talking, yeah. yeah. Sometimes there we, we all have moments where there's a genuine freeze Yep. Or you go, um, I don't really know what to do. I actually had a, a moment where uh, I was reading a sports cast and I had to record. This was when, very early in my time at CJOB. And I had to record a curling report from the late Bob Pickin because the briar had just ended. It was Sunday at like 9.22 p.m. He phoned at 9.22. I recorded it. And the sports cast was at 9.25. So I had three <laughs> minutes to record a 60-second report, cut it, Turn it around, get it into my sports cast. Well, I did all that, except I just threw it in our general queue. I didn't put it in my actual sports cast. So I went into the, I ran into the booth, sat down, immediately cracked the mic, basically. And good evening, Brett McGarry, CJOB Sports. The Labatt Briar has just ended, because I think at the time it was still a yeah, yeah, yeah. Labatt Briar. And, uh, and, I re- and then I realized <laughs> I don't know where, I, where it is. And, uh, um, I'll just, uh, I'll, oh, I just got to find that uh, Bob Pickin report. Uh, okay, here it is. It was awful. Awful. Worst one I had was, uh, you get used to just saying the news is brought to you by, and then you read the sponsor, right? So I go, it's uh, 9.30, the news is brought to you by, there's no sponsor. <laughs> and I was just like, or I said, the news is for us. <laughs> <laughs> nice recovery. <laughs> nice. Kobe. Yeah, I don't know. That was um okay, so so punctual. Yeah. Punctual and timing and preparedness uh are you guys ready to go? Yeah, sure, we're ready to go, Jerry. Why wouldn't we be? You just <laughs> they've planned ahead and later in the movie, he chafes hard when uh the old man Wade shows up for the exchange instead of Jerry he starts who the F are you? Who the F are you? I left simple effing instructions. Is this some kind of joke? And he ends up pulling out a gun and shooting him. So, I mean, he takes it very seriously, which you need to do. Uh, he also asks good questions at the beginning when he meets Jerry Lundegaard. He says, uh, Jerry's like, so, you know, guys know what's up? And he's like, well, what Chep told us didn't make a whole lot of sense. You want your own wife kidnapped? That's a pretty good question if some yeah. guy comes to you and says, will you kidnap my wife? Can I get some clarity on this? Yeah. Place? And then he just like, well, doesn't make any sense because we're going to kidnap your wife, demand the 80000 ransom from you. You give us forty for the kidnapping. You keep forty. It's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So and then Jerry's like, "Well, I'm in all sorts of trouble." And he's like, "What kind of trouble are you in?" Jerry doesn't want to tell him. What kind of trouble are you in? Why not ask your father-in-law for the money or your wife? He so, penetrates. He keeps going. Yeah, right. He's digging he's, it. He's, he's and not that's what you need to do, the, yeah. especially when you got you know when you got like an MLA on or the mayor, or the premier, or somebody like that. You got to keep poking at them until they give up something curveball yeah. not just straight softball, hard questions right? yeah. yeah okay he can improvise when needed which you need to do when whether you're ragging the puck or you get a guest that's not playing along uh he comes up with a new plan he goes okay he, he doesn't want to get pancakes for lunch 
Gary Grimsrud, his partner, wants to get, nah, we need to get a shot and a beer and a steak. I'm not more effing pancakes. And he goes, okay, fine. How about this? We'll get pancakes, and then we'll get laid. I know a place we can go get laid. So that's the new plan. It's such a hard sex scene to watch. It's so <laughs> awkward. Oh, yeah. It's like watching two college buddies fuck. Like, I just, I, <laughs> and the other thing he improvises is he hides all that extra money at the end of the movie because unbeknownst to him, before the drop, Jerry has raised the stakes to a million dollars. And yes. he gets all that in a bag. He's expecting 80000 oh, and it's a yes. million. So oh he takes God. out the eighty to bring to his buddy, hides the rest in the snowbank. Um, I also wrote down, like, uh, our buddy there, uh, Swingers from Wedding Crashers. What's <laughs> Vince, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. Vaughn. He's a good conversationalist. He can talk nonstop. And he wants to talk to his buddy. Would it kill you to say something? Yeah. I've been doing all the driving, all the effing way from Brainerd. You can't say one goddamn thing in the name there way of conversation. Away. Yeah. And... Maybe somebody needs to cast Vaughn and Buscemi in a movie together. Oh, that would be great. That would be good. That would be super. And even when he wants to stop talking, he can't. He says, okay, two can play that game, smart guy. Yeah. We'll just sit here. Total silence. I don't have to talk either. Total silence. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> See how you like it. Total silence. <laughs> and in that same conversation, just back to the ragging the puck, he knows a lot of useless trivia to fill time. He knows the tallest buildings in the Midwest, uh, Minneapolis, the IDS building, second only to or third only to the Sears building and the John Hancock building. He knows that secondhand, trivia, yeah. secondhand smoke has been proven to be carcinogenic. Uh, so he, he, he can, he's got stuff to talk about. He knows yeah. at least a little bit about everything, which is always a handy tool to have in your tool bag if you're on the radio. He's also not intimidated by authority figures. He tries to bribe the cop that pulls him over. So he's not going to get a case of nerves when the premier does sit down beside him. He also uh, tries to talk his way out of that airport parking where he goes to steal the license plate. Because he goes in, steals the plate, comes back out. The guy's like $4. He's like, I just pulled in here. Turns out, oh, I'm not taking the trip. I don't need to park here. Well, we still got to charge you the $4. And then he just <laughs> unleashes on that guy. He's like, what are you, the ruler? You little effing gate. Here's your $4, you pathetic piece of shit. It's just the way he tears that guy down is that's my favorite part of the whole movie, I think. Uh, he's got a catchphrase. He says, whoa, daddy, a bunch of times throughout the movie. Whoa, daddy. Catchphrase always comes in handy. That is true. Um, this is something you may not know about radio people, but may be true to yourselves as well. He has very short temper when it comes to faulty technology. <laughs> he's banging on the TV that won't bring in a signal. He's screaming at you, effing S-Box, give me an effing signal. <laughs> All this stuff on and on and on. Um, I'll get two, three more. He yeah. thinks he's cooler than he really is. Uh, he takes very call, important for the he, radio. He takes the call girl to the Jose Feliciano concert, which is just sad and pathetic on a number <laughs> of different levels. And and I've just we've both run across people that think they're cool and they're just not. And it's just it's fun to watch sometimes. Rule number one about knowing that you're cool: if you think you're cool, you're not. Exactly. Uh, I wrote down that he swears a lot too. That is not uncommon in the business. <laughs> and the <laughs> most important thing about being on the radio is that he is ugly <laughs> come on jeff short guy kind of funny looking it's said about him over and over and over throughout the film and uh so yeah all those things can you put them all together the guy's born to have a, a talk show a Absolutely. face made for radio yeah. as they say so that's right yeah there it is i'm thoroughly impressed and what was your show about just the issues of the day <laughs> just was, issues of the day yeah, yeah. He, he wants to get what, he's like a he's like a Peter Griffin. What really grinds my gears, you know? Like yeah. is that is that kind of where you were going with it, or like just current, you know, 
just call anything under the sun. They say, anything. yeah, okay, yeah. all right. So that's... He, he's just on board with it because he knows a little bit about everything, and he wants to get to know a lot, of, a lot about one specific thing per show or whatever. Mm. And he's he's just happy to go to town with whatever guest he has in there with him. I really like having guests on to do these kinds of things, Mark, because they turn <laughs> from a shit show to an actual conversation. This has been this is pleasant, man. Thank you so much. That you know, I fantastic. doubted your pick when I first heard yeah, it. Yeah, we were you, chatting you've, before. Kind of, uh, I've gone on the journey with you. Oh, when oh. he when he said his pick, I thought, well, there goes mine because because uh, <laughs> Fargo is Jeff's favorite movie. Uh, I always say it's my favorite movie. I don't know. Like that's the sort of thing that changes, right? Yeah, but it's always in the top. Changes five, with the seasons for sure. For sure yeah. They shot some of it like two hours south of here. So yeah, right. Yeah, and that's I mean cool. they were supposed to shoot the TV series here, but there is no direct flight from LA to yeah, Winnipeg. A so stupid airport thing. Nobody yeah. wanted to uh, fly. You can't get, to get uh, Billy Bob to yeah change planes on the weekends. Right? <laughs> no Any kidding. sponsorship from wood wood chippers? Or <laughs> I was going to say yeah. <laughs> you know they have that thing on display. The real one from the movie at the visitors, the tourism visitors center in Fargo. I didn't really? know yeah. that. I've never seen it, but I've I know it's there. And sponsor. As soon as uh, going to Fargo seems like a good idea, I might go down and look at there, it. Is there a pair of feet sticking out of it or something? Like I that? wonder <laughs> if they don't have like a fake leg sticking out of it. Sponsored why, by. Why do I feel like taking a flying pig down there is going to be about the right time? <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear it. Sponsored by Paul Bunyan Wood Choppers. <laughs> good for wood, sod, and flesh. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good tag. Uh, short, punchy, to the yeah, point. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm in presence. Ah, uh, Brett. Okay, well, I, I went with, the, I will say this is my favorite movie. The movie uh, from that I got my character from is The Matrix. The character is Morpheus. As, and it, same, similar to Jeff, I went for the, the kind of midday or mid-morning, mid-to-late morning, just daily talk show host. So it's not uh, a gimmick show. It's just a current events show. Uh, if you wanted to give it a title, I suppose you could call it The Red Pill. I was hoping That's you were going to go red, blue, oh, red, blue, pill, blue pill, something, something like that. Yeah, and uh, I'll work the blue pill in uh, in a moment here. Uh, I think I think he's. <laughs> That's he's, what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in the context in which I, I worked it in, you'll see why. But I think he would be good because he's just such a natural leader. You know, people mm -hmm. follow Morpheus. Yeah. They, they take whatever he says and they they follow it. He just sounds great. I mean, he's got such a deep oh, voice. Yeah. You know. I, I am Morpheus. It's like know. a warm glass of milk to listen to him talk. Yeah. So he would be perfect for the radio just for his sound. And as well, especially when it comes to uh, a talk show, like the, the 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. slot, or uh, that Charles Adler used to be 9 a.m. to 12, or PR Peter Warren used to be 9 a.m. Oh, yes. Uh, now Jeff Courier's on from 10 until 1. But that time slot, it doesn't matter what market, the, the, on, a, on a talk show, on a news talk radio station, that tends to be the spot where the radio station gets serious. Like the morning show is lighter. So we still dig into the issues and we get serious when we have to, but that tends to be where things get more serious and then things lighten up again in the afternoon. And then the, you have your uh, drive home show, which is, tends to be very headline driven. Uh, so then the, the 9 a.m. slot uh, is about the issues, and I think Morpheus would be perfect for it because he doesn't just like believe what he believes with strong conviction. He'll die for what he believes, right? Yeah. He even was willing to sacrifice himself uh, to Everything save Everything for Neo. Zion. Yeah. Plus, uh, I don't know if you noticed this in The Matrix Reloaded, but in the scene where he takes on the agent on the truck yes. and takes off his jacket, he's got barber garters. He's got sleeve garters on. Yeah. And he... And, and, 
uh, Lawrence Fishburne says, I that, I that was just a demand I made. I always pictured Morpheus as a barber uh, in before the apocalypse. He just imagined that Morpheus would have been a barber. And barbers have to talk about everything, oh, yeah. right? That's true. they got to keep you occupied while they're cutting your hair. They're okay. yeah. kind of like psychologists almost. Uh, Behind yeah. the chair. That's what I always say to Shauna when her when her she's a hairstylist and all of her clients come in and they'll just ramble on about their life. And I'm like, you're a $80 shrink with a, with a haircut involved. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, bar- barbers and bartenders, right? They're, the, they're the, the, the psychologists you don't really have to pay much for. Um, so then if he doesn't know a topic, you can just jack it into his head. Right? <laughs> oh, fuck. I think I know. That's cheating. <laughs> I said movie canon. That was one of the very loose rules. Well fucking played. Uh, as well, who else can trigger? Uh, I mean, when you want someone on your radio station who is going to get the people to listen, do you know anyone else who can trigger with a thunderous speech, a cave rave? Like, the apocalypse is nigh. Morpheus gets up and says, come on, people, and then there's a cave rave. So I think that's a, he'd be good at that. Also, um, if Morpheus, and th- this, well, I'm, I'm playing loose with the rules here, but, but if, As let's say, for here, example, but- he's from, Morpheus is from the future, but if you were to take him and drop him here, he can also, he, can, he could prevent or help listeners prevent the apocalypse, right? He can just tell them. But but mm-hmm. if he were to do that, he might be better on the overnight uh, talk show. As yeah, to that would midday. be a good skill That's for the preppers and the tinfoil hats are. For traffic. What's that? For traffic, that'd be <laughs> handy. <laughs> totally. Watch out, there's going to be a yeah. crash on King Edward. You're going, going, going to be. To avoid right. St. Mary's. <laughs> 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 to now with your future traffic report, Morpheus. <laughs> He is passionate, but he's also compassionate, right? So he uh, he can really get fired up, but when he needs to dial it back, he shows that he can he can be quiet and loosen up and, and without sounding like a douche. They're the one the cons are depending on which Morpheus you get. If you get Morpheus from the first Matrix, then he just sounds cool. But if you get Morpheus from the Matrix Reloaded, where he says things like "That sounds like the thinking of a machine to me," <laughs> he really hams it up in those he does. in he the does. Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. So it's uh, very Hamlet esque, right? Yeah, yeah, you really choose the fat. And another con, too, potential con: Does he even have a sense of humor? I don't recall Morpheus making a single joke in those movies. Caller, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how it happens. <laughs> that, you know what? I'd tune in for that. I would. I, you know what? Yeah, because that, that's straight talk is what you're talking there with yeah, Morpheus, yeah. right? Yeah. I Fuck. And I do have, I have a, not a sponsor, but I, I wrote out an ad that he were, if I could even see him voicing this ad. And uh, the ad would simply be, hello, I am Morpheus. A leader in the human resistance against the machines. I know a thing or two about standing up and fighting back. So if you're having a problem standing up due to erectile dysfunction, (laughs) fight back with Viagra. Normally it is my hope that you will take the red pill, but in this case, I believe if you take the blue pill, you'll find out just how deep the rabbit hole goes. You win. Fuck it. Viagra. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness that is the that is a fucking fantastic way to bring in the blue pill yeah a little blue pill that we all come to well not all of us none of us in this room but <laughs> i've taken it uh, you know what i'm not against it I've, yeah fuck it that's that's it is what it is yeah um 
Wow, Mark, this is yeah. This one's gonna be tough. I know. This is. See, <laughs> I knew they were gonna come to play. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna prep. <sighs> they're gonna write commercials. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. We. They're gonna have lists. <laughs> well, when you first pitched this to us, I thought, oh yeah, this sounds like it'd be a fun chat. No problem. We'll just you know, Jeff and I'll we'll just yeah. think of something on the way over. And then when you sent me the format, I thought, oh, my God, these guys mean business. Yeah. Like I, was, I had genuine anxiety. I, 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 that's why I said, no, but don't. don't I, that's, that's on us because I'm neurotic. I can't speak I didn't even you. see the format until today. I was just. <laughs> you were like, yeah, sure, I'll be there. No, but then I was like, well, I picked my guy. And I was like, I should. I just I went through the movie again and watched all the scenes and just writing down lines. And it's like, oh, that, oh my God. That goes for that. And that but goes of course, for that. you knew our format f- since you're your avid I listeners. I listened to the one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Who would you want as a hero? Yeah, okay, the, thank you. You yeah. guys did uh, San Andreas, I remember. It was one yeah, who would you want to rescue you? To rescue you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank the you. Rock. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Oh, who wouldn't? The Rock the is rock. just the answer. Yeah. From what movie? All the Rock movies. <laughs> every, <laughs> every Rock movie. Just every join the Rock single Johnson. one. Except maybe The Mummy Returns. Or Pain and Gain. Oh, yeah, that Mummy Rock is not one of my favorite rocks. Yeah. <sighs> What's the one? Uh, Haku Mashente! <laughs> <laughs> Be cool. I really think we learned. What his comedy chops were made of? Oh, that was a good role. playing the gay, oh. the gay bodyguard who never just watched wanted it. To, you haven't seen Be Cool? Is it good? I'm really you into know, not watching the shitty sequels to good movies. It's not. A I great, love Get Shorty. Get Shorty's. It's not a great sequel, but it's a great premise. They just flip it from the from the movie industry yeah. into the music industry in the sequel. So there's a lot of Uma Thurman's in it. So it's a callback to. Pulp Fiction with John Travolta and her. So there's there's a lot of little things in it, but it's not. Hmm. It's not I like those. comedic rock, like Jumanji rock. Love Jumanji, Jumanji rock. rock is is delicious. I loved that scene in uh, his first big action film, um, the one where he plays the the bounty hunter, the collector guy. Walking tall. Was Walk, it walking no, tall? No, Tooth fairy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be here all day. Oh no, he's giving bounties out. That, he's, no, uh, what the fuck is it? It's I'm um, I'm lost on the title. But anyways, he it's with Sean uh, William Scott. And, oh, the, uh, was it the, the rundown? The, yeah, the oh, rundown. Yes. But there's that short, brief scene where Schwarzenegger and him are walking across each other in the club, and it's almost this unspoken, like yeah. I'm handing the torch yeah. of the action era over to you. Take it and run with it, and do with what you will. And I, I thought that was a little nice, little fourth wall breaking there. Um, yeah, it, the, I, lo- I love the Rock. I think he's, and I, I think his dramatic chops are underestimated or undervalued. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you ever watched any of the show Ballers. Yep. Um, I didn't actually end up watching the last season. I found the third season was a bit of a disappointment, so I haven't brought myself to watch the fourth and final season. But the end of the second season, The Rock comes out and gives a speech that I think it was almost, to me, it felt like like uh, a statement really? for his his acting skill. So I, I hope that you know once he makes all the money that he can from his action movies that people give him a serious look as a dramatic actor because yeah you pointed out he's he's got great comedy chops he can do the action and i really think he can do the drama he was there was an article this week that he was on the short list for willy wonka in the willy wonka remake oh geez like like before depp oh wow yeah i don't can you imagine what that would have played out as oh my god i can see him as like the real inspirational coach like we did all the inspirational speeches that one episode yeah i could see him sort of like the the denzel in remember the titans yes kind of well he was in gridiron gang wasn't he yeah yeah but but he wasn't yeah yeah. but i could see him being the emotional coach of something yeah Yeah. Yeah. for sure another one and give one of those emotional speeches get the get the troops going 
Oh, for sure. The Rock yeah. could get me to the gym. I don't. I, Sean has been trying for months, <laughs> but The Rock. I mean, in a, in an afternoon, I would be like, I'm, I'll eat whatever you're eating. I'll cheat when you cheat. Fuck it. I, One of the best me. Instagram follows if you don't follow. Yeah, the Rock. yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, follow so, on Instagram. I, I do. Uh, Rock's cheat days on Instagram. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> the food oh, that right. he eats. Oh, he was. I, I I remember reading his book back when he was still in WWE, and yeah, he talked about the cheat days and the the amount of food was uh, was. Awe-inspiring. He says, treat yourself, don't cheat yourself. Good for him. <laughs> on your cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> I want to vote. So, okay. all right. Easy as pie. Pick somebody else in the room. I already know. So, I'm done pretty quick. Write it. And on the count of three, we'll turn it around. Okay. And it's like, whose line is it anyway, where the points don't mean shit? <laughs> so, there is a trophy. Because <laughs> if, if you do win... Um, there, there, there is a trophy at the end of the year that I'm trying to figure out how to, how to, how to do something with, um, gentlemen on the count of three. Are okay. we ready? Hang on. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, okay. On the count of three, one, two, three. We have Brett. <laughs> Brett wins. We have Brett <laughs> and we have Mark. Brett, you won. Okay. You won't, and and I'll tell you why. I you realize won't I wrote this really small too. <laughs> I, can you guys even read yeah, that? I put Beetlejuice I on here. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see. It. And thank you for the vote of confidence. I appreciate it. Um, I just I would like to. I like his voice, and I, I that's a, an overnight show I would listen to. So, you know, the, your argument compelled me. That was tough to pick. Clearly, it, I should have voted yeah. for Jeff to make everything equal. Yeah. <laughs> well, the I wasn't just, sure if we were. were I thought we were going. Way. I thought we were going across. <laughs> Oh, Clearly, um, I didn't read the playbook right. That's okay. Fast and loose. That's our fucking motto. You guys watch Fargo again, then you'll call me and say, oh, we want to change our votes. That's exactly going to happen. Retroactively. Um, did you guys have uh, other picks that you were kind of playing with at all, or did you really land on what you were, like, right out of the gate, you were done? I also, or did you pick it on your way over to my house today, Josh? No, no. I picked, it, I picked it immediately, and then after Jaws, I almost thought about picking, um, what's his name, Richard Dreyfus. Oh. But then I didn't. Oh, he was great in Jaws. Yeah. yeah, he could do like a nature program on underwater. He, but he's underwater also sort of like life a radio guy that you sort of want to punch in the face. Yeah, he's once a little. A week. Yeah, he's a little shitty. And yeah. he's got a great temper too. Like Richard Dreyfus, he has amazing. Like where he loses his mind. Like what about Bob? He kind of goes <laughs> insane a bunch of times. Doesn't he even lose it in Jaws? Oh, they all get. They all lose it at some point in Jaws. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and Quint button heads the whole time the other show that i would have thought of was um detectives uh somerset and uh <laughs> i can't remember brad pitt's character i can't believe i can't mills mills somerset and mills Seven. as uh, as co-hosts oh. because there's in particular there's that scene in the bar where they're they're talking about uh you know <laughs> brad pitt uh, i can't remember what the argument it was he was making but morgan freeman says you can't afford to be this naive people just want to Eat cheeseburgers, play the lotto, and go to sleep. And uh, they were they were going at it over really nothing. And I just I, th I found the banter, and yeah. and they were so diametrically opposed. You know, good care, good chemistry. One has this really soft spoken voice. Pitt's more gruff and in your face. So uh, but that is a different take. I've never looked at it like. And that. then they could have the contest. What's in the box? Yes. <laughs> 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 What's in the box, Mills? What's in the box? Oh. Oh, Jeff, man. thank you for making it darker than I normally do. Okay. I appreciate that. My, my pleasure. <laughs> I had Tyler Durden for a minute. 
I wanted I wanted oh, like a he'd be all right. like a kind of like preaching stentorian from the mount and, and another like commentary piece kind of yeah. thing um, where he just kind of tears humanity to shreds and keeps us all in check. No advertisers on that show. No, he, no, he could be his own co-host. <laughs> yeah, he could. He could. <laughs> Tyler Durden and Tyler Durden. Aren't you the same guy? Um, but yeah, and I mean, he well, he could have one. He could have like a clam chowder that could sponsor the show. <laughs> or soap. soap. Or soap. <laughs> soap, definitely. Soap, any, or, or a porno spliced into a Disney movie. That's right. Um, but I, yeah, I, I landed on, because I actually I've been on a coast-to-coast kick recently. Um, cause this guy, Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp, George Knapp from coast to coast yep. was on with, uh, this is me saying I'm an alien freak and he was on Rogan and then they started talking about how they were going to be on coast to coast. And then I just got caught right back up in it. I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but it's a really cool oh, program. I loved, well, coast to coast is the, was essentially my first shift at CJOB where I, I would, yeah, we were just do, doing the overnight operator shift. Uh, so coast to coast. Um, was, was like the highlight of my day. You come in and you turn it up and the Midnight Express theme song comes on, yeah. especially when Art Bell would host because he would come on and do that, you know, from the high desert in the great American <laughs> yes. Southwest. I bid you all good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Um, he's the late Art Bell now, but uh, George Nori was good too. Uh, a lot of people were mad when they moved that show off of CJOB and, and Chorus, quite frankly, just dropped the show. But... Uh, the shift turned out to be okay. Where would, where do you listen to Coast to Coast now? Uh, online, they do. You can you can get shortened. Ver- they do podcasts essentially, so they give you like a ten to fifteen minute highlight of it. Okay. Um, but if you go to their website, you can pay and you get a membership, and then you get access to it. Okay. So do they ever? Disturbing. Do they still visit Mel's Hole? You ever hear that? I Mel's Hole. No. Yeah. What's that? With Art Bell. It was a bottomless pit that they put a microphone into, and if you listen real closely. You could maybe hear people screaming and wailing at the bottom of the bottomless pit. Oh, really? that's what Art Bell always said. Oh, you can hear people down there. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, everybody, whatever you're doing, be very quiet. We're going to listen to Mel's Hole. And it's just, and, and it'll be like, and you just hear like, and it's just like, what in the it's hell? Just fucking feedback. Doing? Yeah, it was, it was so funny. It's like all those ghost catcher programs. <laughs> they got the radio and it's like, did you hear that? It said, follow Satan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah like a, like no, a wannabe Egon no, from Ghostbusters yeah. with like some little bullshit sort of contraption. Oh, I can 100%. tell the air has changed in here. Fuck you. Rob Lowe did one of those shows with his kids where they went around doing like some sort of creepy thing, of course, on A&E, um, which... Actually, I just read a funny note about Annie. Forty-nine uh, percent of their viewership dropped once they dropped Live PD. Forty-nine percent. Forty-nine percent. Oh, so boy. that's how many people tuned in to just watch people get fucked by the cops constantly. Yeah, you know. Well, that was that. Well, that was essentially what their whole channel became was just cop shows and bounty ghost hunting shows and, and ghost shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys, when did you start the Couch Potatoes? I was. I'm just going to add before because you oh, didn't yeah, ask me. Sure. I almost yeah. picked Red Morgan from Shawshank Redemption just because. I'm so sorry. I could listen to Morgan Freeman do anything. Uh, I would put him on sort of the uh, like an eight to ten shift just to to lull us all to sleep. Mm. <laughs> he could uh, get a sponsor from the car dealerships. Get busy living. Oh, get busy driving. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Jeff, do you write jingles in your in your office? I should. I, I need to go talk to somebody. Yeah. Radio stations like I Captain like Catchphrase over here. You could doze <laughs> off to him and then subliminally he yeah, could yeah. tell you stuff. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. That's totally a great idea. Drop in, drop in the message behind the voice, and like he would be a good <laughs> overnight host too. And you're right. The, 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 that's one of the reasons I think why I went with the guys from Seven was because of Morgan Freeman. Uh, I mean, it's the whole joke uh, for like from Family Guy, like a Twinkie, like <laughs> a Twinkie. Um, but uh, he, his, I actually once when I had a hard time falling asleep, I just. Grab my phone. I put on Bob Ross on YouTube, and then oh. I just put my phone back down, and just listening to the happy little clouds. Talk about soothing. Yeah, put <laughs> me, it, it, no. it took me two minutes. Gone out, out to out to bed or off to off to sleep. Yeah. So yeah, there's no mistakes. Just happy sleeps. Yeah, that's right. So happy, um, happy uh, sleep. the taters. The taters. When did you guys? <laughs> what what made you want to start the show? We were smoking buddies. Jeff doesn't smoke anymore. I still vape. And uh, we've—I've been at the uh, station six years. The douche flute. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the, uh, my buddy's I've never heard there. that before, but that's now the only thing I'm going to call it. <laughs> you play the douche flute. Yes, I do. And uh, I have two, Brett. Don't worry about it. Do you? It. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I tried. And you uh, guys can float together. Yeah. 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 I bet you you have a bassoon. I definitely have just a little piccolo. A bassoon? Oh, I would love to have a bassoon. But uh, Jeff and I, we would go out for smokes. I've been there 16 years i think you've been there have you been there 20 22 22 years so i don't know i guess it's been 12 or 13 years 2000s it was like the first show was like the week before the da vinci code Uh, yeah that's right i was i remember the da vinci code was the first thing i reviewed and i was nervous because i never reviewed a movie before yeah that's right (laughs) uh so what year was that that's 2006, I think, right? Okay. Or seven. Did okay. that come with practice? Like, did you? Because I'm. We we we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we did this because this is how we like me and my group of friends, and then everybody I meet. We always end up talking like this, right? Where you're comparing ridiculous situations and ideas, and what you you can you can say you like a movie, but a movie at the end of the day is always art, right? Yeah. So you're reviewing art essentially. Yeah. You can just say what you like about it. Exactly. Anyway. But I mean. At, you know, there's you know your Leonard Maltons and 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 your and your famous movie reviewers who would like you know chew the fat and you know speak poetically about films and then you know I went tried I I, I wrote a movie review to get into Crecom and I shit the fucking bed like reading it back after I was like this is the worst really oh was, I would not go back and listen to any of our old shows I don't think <laughs> I'd some I'm sometimes curious because when we first started. Uh, back in 2006, and the re- the reason the the show was born just out of our smoke breaks is, it just kind of hit me one day. Like all we ever talk about is movies that we've watched and TV shows or whatever we're watching, and I just kind of thought, you know, this could be a fun radio show, and uh, so I just went and pitched it to our boss, thinking he would just tell us to go to hell, and he, he actually liked guy. the idea. Uh, what's that? He was a cranky guy. Yeah, and scary, <laughs> but he he was looking for more local weekend programming, so. He said, yeah, why don't you uh, put a demo together or something? So we did, and, and he said, okay, you're going to start uh, whatever, Saturday at 3 o'clock. And uh, so we, I guess it's been, as he pointed out, 14 years. Yeah. And we're now across the Six. Chorus Network. Wow. Um, we are in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. And Hamloops has us. Uh, Ed, or Hamilton. London. London. Hamilton. Yeah, it's and a great fucking name, and it's easier now than it used to be too. I mean, that you, like if we were on at three o'clock, we must have got there at nine in the morning to to prep. And yeah, for yeah, what is essentially yeah. a, like a thirty-four minute show. Once you take out news, sports, and uh, more news, and then commercials yeah, and stuff, at the half right? break and everything. Yeah. We put a lot of prep, and now we can do a lot of it just without 
Well, we used to do more production stuff, and the production yeah. stuff does take time, as you guys know from editing. It's not something. It's not where you just record a forty-minute podcast and you're done. Uh, there, there is no. post-production work, yeah, and or and for uh, in our case it was pre-production. Like we used to have, to have this segment, which we've since blown out, called the news from the couch, where we just pick our favorite stories from the week. Um, Entertainment news stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or okay. uh, like a, the Rock. The Rock is going to play a football coach in an upcoming <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we would just load uh, each story up with clips. So a two-minute package might, at the time, like I used to, we both put in many hours. Yeah, it, would, yeah. it could sometimes take up to two hours. And especially when we first started, because it was way harder to find clips in 2006. Because yeah, YouTube, the movie YouTube studios would send us the trailer audio on a CD. And what? we'd have to rip what it up. What is that? A compact disc. Okay. And we'd have, to, <laughs> we'd have to rip it up into our computer system and then edit. Like, you couldn't just go to YouTube, right? Yeah. And, and, like, and even before, and then there was a bit in between where the the movies would have good websites at least sometimes where they'd have the trailer on that so we could do that on our computer at work and record the music off the website and then you'd also sometimes get music from the movie just playing in the background of the website so you just sit there and let it go yeah. and then you got background music for Oh, oh, that's yeah. sneaky. But now it's just <laughs> now you just go to YouTube and it, it. and it converted to an MP3 and you're done in like 30 seconds. Like that, I've I we were I was I was doing that originally and throwing in like whenever you'd, you if you picked um, Carl, I yeah. would I would throw a line in like a like less than seven second line from him just to attach to you. But I was like, I would rather just get this out about what we're talking about and yeah. and, and I pulled away from that for a minute. Um, but I, I do get it. Like, yeah, everything to make your sound quality sound better and all the time and effort that goes into it is it's something I've learned over the time that we've done this. Um, what uh, do you guys notice that you after critiquing movies for 16 years, do you still have the same enjoyment that you did or do you have to kind of check yeah. yourself? Uh, we tend to now more only watch movies we want to watch anyways. OK, back when we started, it'd be like, well, we got to watch something and we'll watch anything. Although, on that tip, it is way more fun to watch a bad movie and tear it apart on the air. Oh, yeah. Than to, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the this third Lord of the Rings movie. It's awesome. We should talk about it. And it's like, <laughs> well, what else are we going to say that we haven't already said, right? So, it's, it's, there's a bit on both sides there. Yeah, I think there was one year where I saw, and I don't know what your record is, Jeff, but I think my record of films in a year of going to the movies was 60. Jesus. Um, and, it, like, th- th- we're, like... We we do this on the side. It's so it's not like we're not full time movie critics or whatever. This we're just hobbyists. But sixty movies was a lot, and I think in there was a stretch there where I I did find I I wouldn't I don't want to say it was getting snobby about what I was watching, but I was getting more critical of what I was watching, and I found that that actually take was taking away my the enjoyment mm-hmm. a little bit for me. Um, just because I, I I had to remind myself I the couch potatoes like yeah I'll give a review, but I'm not tr- like I I don't consider myself a critic I just I like I watch a lot of TV I wa- sometimes go to the movies here's what I thought of it take with that what you will here's what the Rotten Tomatoes is saying do I agree with that do I not agree with that uh, so yeah now like I think last year I think it probably went to the movies a dozen times obviously this year. Is going to be different. I don't think I even made it to the movies before COVID. So, yeah. oh wow, the last one I yeah. saw in the theater before it was the that Ben Affleck one, the way back, where where he plays a basketball coach, uh, the alcoholic, uh, yeah, 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 pulled from his real life. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe saw Joker was the last movie I went to in the theater. Uh, Invisible Man was me. Did we oh, Invisible Joe? Man. Yeah, no, I didn't see Invisible Man. Yeah, it was. I just saw a quick clip of how they did some of the scenes, and he's in a green. He's in green suit the entire yeah. time, and but there's in the rafter where. 
it's the kitchen scene where she keeps walking forward and they did such a good fucking job at making you wonder is he actually there even to the point where you're like is he actually in the scene when they're filming it or is it just nobody there but in this clip on instagram i saw where he's in the green suit and then they had her in the rafters and it's the it's the scene where he grabs her and chokes her and throws her up against and it is it is timed perfectly and it was really interesting to see that they actually put him there instead of just saying we can pretend you're in the scene you know (laughs) Um, I want to see that. Yeah, it looked really good, and I'm glad that uh, that it did well critically, commercially, because they they needed a bounce back after the Mummy, right? That mm-hmm. uh, that was a fa- that was a a miss. Well, I, it, I didn't mind it, but they they missed so bad with that. They did, and then wanting to restart the monster series with the Mummy as uh, the well, Dark Universe, the Dark Universe with the Mummy and Wolfman and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it could still happen, but. I don't know. Mark, you got anything left in the tank? I don't think so. No. No. All right. Anybody happen to see uh, King of Staten Island? Yep. No. Nope. No? Oh, that's um, the Judd Apatow one, right? Yes. yes. Uh, Pete Davidson. Pete, yes, thank it's, you. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of a pseudo-biography. It is. Yeah. I it, I, sometimes I like that guy, or sometimes he rubs me the wrong way. So I feel the exact yeah. same way. I think it depends on how much weed he smoked that day. It might be an issue because <laughs> he's, he's a chronic chronic pothead um it was good it was very loosely based on him they changed the story because his famous story is his dad died in 9-11 yeah. right so they just said that he died in a fire yeah. they didn't actually pull from it uh bill burr's great in it um it's it's art house it falls do you, do you, did you guys see funny people yeah yes yep. okay very similar to that like two and a half hour long dry funny sincere movie but doesn't re- there's not a lot of there's not a lot of bullet points there's not a lot of actions going on so you're just if you're a big Pete Davidson fan and you want to watch a semi autobiographical pick it's great but not knowing Pete Davidson I don't think it would that's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about is I like him like you said I I do him in the the one or two minute doses of SNL skits or you know an appearance on uh, uh, the young the young Pete Davidson on on Weekend Update yeah Weekend Update right yeah. where he comes on for for a minute or two gives his two cents on I some don't shit. think yeah. I need two hours of Davidson yeah and I mean Steve Buscemi could play his dad we still got <laughs> that'd be great look like the same guy yeah yeah <laughs> and speaking of firemen Bus- the- Buscemi was a fireman before he was an actor he was like yeah. there's and that- after 9-11 he went down there to yeah. help out jump back on his old uh, ladder right. pump truck division and went back down you've inspired me to go back and watch some Buscemi He's such Fargo. an underrated actor. Oh. I mean, he was a character actor for so long, and then he finally, I mean, uh, that the the show on HBO that really launched him, um, Empire was it Empire? No, uh, Boardwalk. Empire. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Thank you. But prior to that, I he was, was I was great like, on uh, The Sopranos. His character. Oh, that's he's right. great in he everything. Was, right. Yeah. His his character from Con Air still creeps me out to the this day. Adam Sandler movies that he's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy Does Madison. It, he's good in everything. He still has one of the probably the best line in Armageddon. Right, like, Captain America here missed a landing site by six <laughs> miles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he takes out that Beamy giant guy. loan before he heads <laughs> off on the on the ship, not thinking he's coming back yeah. home. Oh, gentlemen, this has been a fucking blast. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for coming on the show and playing the game. Thanks for having us. Humbling yeah. to be in the room with a couple of radio professionals. Yeah, definitely. Well, that, I, that second part is, I would say that's loose. <laughs> yeah, a couple of radio. Yeah. Uh, let everybody know where they can find the Couch Potatoes. Couch Potatoes are on Saturdays at noon, Sundays at 6 on 680 CJOB, or you can get the podcast at CJOB.com or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Jeff usually throws a podcast link up on our Twitter handle, which is what? Uh, Couch Potatoes 68. And in true Couch Potatoes form, we don't really do much on that Twitter account because we're lazy. Nope. <laughs> 
<laughs> when the Oscars come out, I'll put something on there. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly just to help people find our podcast. I want to. I want to buy a bus ad and put our podcast on it. I want to go old <laughs> school. Oh, for like busking, a, a fucking workbench or a big decal on the back of my car window. Something, something that travels around. Skywriting. There you go. Yeah. Right? You guys roll out the red couch cover for the uh, Oscars. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> for. The, Red, That's a red good, carpet. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a red blanket on the couch. <laughs> we did get to sit on a couch at uh, the Centennial Concert Hall twice we, with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. They did a. Oh, they did the movie night. They did Star Wars versus Star Trek. Okay. So they had us on a couch on the stage with the WSO right beside like, us. We could have reached over and grabbed the the violin thinger and just like. Yeah, yeah. Ting, on the yeah. triangle. <laughs> yeah, quit, quit using all those technical terms. Sorry. And then they, <laughs> and then they did a follow-up show last November, the superhero showdown. Uh, so they played right. music like the Avengers theme song and Superman and Batman, like the Danny Elfman version, and uh, Spider-Man's theme song. So uh, that was cool. So that would be, yeah. It was fun. We planned ahead and purposely sat on the couch so that we'd stick you guys in the chairs. Yeah, I'm quite comfy in this. I feel (laughs) I I feel rather regal in this chair. And plus, I've been I've been I really I got to look at this book. Look at the penis book. The penis name book. (laughs) Yeah, a guide to naming man's best friend. Features 300 and unique, 350 unique names for his baby maker. There is a whole section about uh, Marvel characters. Really? Really? Oh yeah. Well, Iron Man would be the best name. Iron Man, Thor's hammer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing I open it up to is the great dictator. So, there you go. yeah, I kind of want to read this. So, but thank which, you. That begs the question: Which one of you is the dictator? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the good dictator. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the pun. Yeah, see, see? That. That's yeah, all I got. That's all I got. Full all circle here. with the pun, the tater pun. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into another episode of The Real Debaters. If you want to find us online, you can find us at, at Real Debaters on Instagram and Twitter. That is R E E L because we're cheeky like that. Real Debaters Podcast on Facebook. And if you want to send us an email and ask us a question, we'll read it on the air. Or you can give us an idea for a debate and we'll give you credit for it. Uh, it's TheRealDebaters at gmail.com. I have been Michael Petro. To my left has been. <laughs> Brett McGarry. Oh, so that's okay. <laughs> I'm looking you guys up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I got my head right down. Uh, Gen Zers these days just yeah. trying to keep their attention. Yeah, and to his is <laughs> I'm Jeff Braun and <laughs> Mark Cowell, and we're gone. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was funny. But wait. There's more. Hang on to your seat, baby, because this one's a screamer. I got the 1001 Movies book, too. Yeah? But mine's got a picture of uh, Helen Mirren as the queen on, so it's from, like, 2006, I guess. Yeah, I found I found that at a garage sale, I think. Who's that there? That Avatar. Avatar? Yeah, yeah it's Avatar. Okay. <laughs> from, from the, the One of the big blue smurfs. I thought, is that Slimer? Because <laughs> the way the light was bouncing <laughs> off of it, I couldn't tell. All I could see was the eye. I thought, wow. I thought the eye... With Slimer's mouth. All, <laughs> all that work and you you mistake the avatars for Slimer. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's rolling over in their grave. <laughs> That's okay. He's making like five more. Yes. So really, if, if I read an article about that recently where it's like the movie, it's one of the movies that nobody really asked for. Right? Like No, no one ever talks about Avatar. No. People got tattoos of the big blue Smurfs when that movie came out and they must just regret it now cuz cuz it, it, it didn't become a culturally thing. irrelevant yeah and i can't and even remember what happens in that movie <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, it's not the movie. It's the fact th- that was so big. It was the 3D. Yes. Because he did the 3D so well. Like when I, when I went to see it, I needed to see it again immediately. Like I had to buy, I went out and bought a ticket to go see it again as soon as possible because I'd never seen anything like it. It, it and, and, you know, I love James Cameron, but at, at the same time, the guy I think just makes movies to make technology to make yeah, to yeah. sell to make more movies, right? Yeah. Like Avatar to me is a great movie, but it also was a commercial for the 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 programs and the technology that made it. And then he just know. wants the movie studio to give him three hundred million dollars to like invent a new camera. That's yeah. Thing. Yeah. Didn't he? Same sh- with he Titanic too, right? He's just like, I want to see the Titanic. Yeah. I'm underwater make cameras. a movie called Titanic. <laughs> 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 and here we are. <laughs> cool. Just right. a tech geek. Uh, well, he's gone to the bottom of the, the Marianas Trench. Is that James Cameron? Yeah. Marianas deeper than Laurentian, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I thought that was the lowest Not the point. band either. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't gone down on Marianas Trench. He just went down <laughs> the Marianas <laughs> Trench. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>